Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it's a, it's, I found what I learned in the process of it is Caring Bridge, people don't like reading anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. Well, it's, it's that attention span. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I want need to know right now. Right right now. Can you yeah. tell me in two seconds? And for yeah. me, I like writing. I like the written yeah. word. Um, but also what was happening is that I was trying to write this perfect essay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was taking more time and more energy as the time went on. And so um, what I realized is that really the best thing to do, I think, mm-hmm. and I'm an open book. I'll talk to you about anything. Same. You know, so not everybody's this way. But I think the best thing to do and the easiest thing for you in the situation is just do a recording. Yeah. Just do a live. Like yeah. I say go live. The reason being is that you don't have to do retakes. You don't have to make it perfect. It is as you are. Yeah. And in doing a live, anybody that knows me, even just a mild acquaintance, it's going to be like us sitting like this. Yeah. You know, I'm going to stutter. I'm going to forget stuff. I might cuss. Yeah. And <laughs> but that's okay because that's you. So you know, we have a very good friend that goes live quite often. Yeah. She's absolutely bonkers. She's totally batshit. And she is one of my favorite people in yeah. the world. She yeah. will entertain your butt right off. Hilarious. Yes. I love that. There's yeah. no filter. Yeah. There's no premeditation. It's yeah. just, this, this is, is me. who I am. Yeah. Take yeah. And, I, and I'm going to cry. Yeah. You know, whereas when we're in person, uh, I could tell you exactly the same thing. I could tell you how I was crying. I could tell you how upset I was. I could tell you all of that, but I'm probably not going to access that emotion. Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. And sometimes in order to make people feel okay, mm-hmm. um, it is comforting to them to see what this looks like yeah you know and the other thing too is it's comforting because a lot of times it's not as bad as what we think it is in our head like yeah. I literally thought I was going to be curled up in the fetal position for six months right literally mm-hmm. you know I thought the extent of my life was going to be my bed with a trash can next to it maybe I'd be able to graduate to the toilet I yeah. thought I was going to look like I came out of some concentration camp I I just had this like picture that yeah your mind made worse than it actually was probably yeah and and everybody's different I mean it's just like pregnancy like the range is so broad yeah you know the diagnosis doesn't dictate the experience the treatment plan doesn't dictate the experience Mm -hmm. and although I had a very severe diagnosis right a very like a bad diagnosis I know people who have had the ideal diagnosis and people please be careful what you say because when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and started telling people, they were like, so often, and I've heard this from so many women, mm-hmm. that they're like, oh, they've done so much with breast cancer oh, yeah. now. You know, my friend, they just did this and they're totally fine. Oh, they've done so much with breast cancer. It's like, awesome. Want to try to be reassuring, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not helpful. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and then you, I just, I just got to, I would just go, yeah, that's not the one I have. Yeah. And I just would leave it at that. Yeah. Not, not trying to one up no. or anything, just no. like, okay, I, I need you to stop talking. Right. You know, like that's my boundary right yeah. there. Like, good. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it. I just need you to stop. Right. Like, I'm yeah. not going to walk away from this. Helping you feel better. I need you to quit talking. Yes. Um, so anyway, so, okay. So let's see. So my last chemo was uh, May 10th and then uh, I was set up. So repeat scans in the end of May and my first surgery was June 10th. And what was the surgery? So the surgery was a triple lumpectomy. So originally, so when I get went down to LCI Maine, phenomenal team down there too. Oh my gosh, my oncologist! I didn't think I could love 
as much as I love the first one. That's They're amazing. amazing. And this was the original plan. The triple lung to me was what the first doctor said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. So with my breast cancer, uh, there is no uh, difference in the rate of recurrence for a complete mastectomy versus a lumpectomy. Okay. That there's just as much, There, there's no difference. Okay. And so if there's no difference, um, they, the complete mastectomy is a more major surgery yeah. and with a longer recovery time. Yeah. Where they do see a slight difference is uh, in the recovery time and how quickly you can get to radiation. Okay. So if we can lower the recovery time, get your radiation quicker, there is a slight increase in um, the, the better outcome. Okay, that makes sense to me. And maybe that's what Laura was trying to explain with why they're doing a lumpectomy with her. Uh, and very different from uh -huh. 15 years ago, yeah. 25 years ago. Yeah. yeah, so people people, and I went into it going like, hey, these girls are huge, I'm over it, right. take them, no yeah. love loss. Yep. And over and over and over again, like the amount of times I've had this conversation, you say to people like, so you got a mastectomy, right? Right. Like, yeah. and, and they think that not getting a mastectomy is some sort of vanity and in touch with their femininity or whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And medically, it's just not like that anymore. Right. You know? So now, is the complete mastectomy for some people, it's everybody's cancer is different. Sure. And so your team is gonna suggest different things mm. based on the outcomes, yeah. you know? And so for me, there's no difference in the rate of recurrence mm -hmm. for a complete mastectomy versus a lumpectomy. Okay. Right, and if you can recover quicker and get to radiation sooner, yeah. then that's what makes the most sense. You know, and what they said to me is, however, we could see need for a medical breast reduction for you. Okay. And so we'll be happy to do that. Okay. Now, I don't know if that was just an added bonus. Like, so since you have cancer, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna fix your boobs right up, yeah. sister. We'll give you perky boobs and smaller ones. I'm like, <laughs> yes! <laughs> Sweet! And you, um, cancer. <laughs> you don't hear that every day. And I get perky boobies. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's what we did. Okay. Um, so originally what happened was, uh, the other thing about cancer is that one of the things that I'd heard a long time ago and I forgot about until I experienced it. So when I was diagnosed with cancer, I went in and I told my boss and I was like, I just need you to know if I'm a little off kilter, this is why. Sure. And um, also I'm going to need to have my cell phone nearby and I'm going to answer calls at all sorts of times and walk out of meetings and, 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 yeah, yeah. and he's like, absolutely no problem. Great. Okay, cool. So I would also say, you know, in addition to asking yourself if you want to be a good friend, I would ensure that you are telling a certain amount of people who can help you keep the poker face. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Because it's hard. And yep. so if somebody notices something's weird, who are they going to go to? Right. Well, they might go to your boss. They might go to your best friend, whatever. Right. Tell those people yeah. to help keep a situation calm. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Let's not gossip and overreact and blow it out of proportion. Yeah. Or make it harder on yourself because now you have your closest network coming yeah. to you and being like, what gives? Yeah. You know yeah, what right. I mean? <laughs> sure. right. You know, like that's just making it harder on yourself. Yeah. So, and that's how I feel about it. Other people can do it differently. Other people have a better poker face than me, and I don't have a good one, so yeah. whatever. Um, so originally what happened is the phone's ringing left, right, and center. And left, right, and center. You know, and so I, at my desk, I had like a U-shaped desk. Mm -hmm. And so on two sides, the L, I had work. And on the other arm, I had cancer. Mm -hmm. So I had my notebook laid out. I had everything laid out. And the cell phone would ring. I'd say, this is Jenny. And then it'd be like, hey, this is some random office that I didn't even know was going to be calling me and to schedule this. Oh, this doctor ordered this test. It's constant calls yeah. in the beginning. Um, and it is constantly derailing you emotionally. 
Like you're like, and it's silly because it's like, it's just an appointment. Why are you getting upset over an appointment? Like they're just calling to schedule an appointment. Well, and it's, it's not just a teeth cleaning. Right. right. And it's, it's this like you're, okay, I've got this thing. You're staying focused today. I'm going to get this done. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change that I have cancer or don't have cancer. And there's these disruptions, these constant, yeah. like, okay, this is not a normal life right. and experience, you know? Right. So um, anyway, so what happened is, you know, I started treatment and then I got a call from uh, radiology. But before I started treatment, I got a call from radiology. Hey, we were reviewing your mammograms, which I don't know what the process is there, but I'm pretty impressed that I don't know what was the catalyst for mm-hmm. that. We're reviewing your mammograms and then reviewing them. There's an area that we have concern over. Can you come down? Uh, we need to do another biopsy. And it's like, sure. Uh, okay. You know, like yeah. jumping in a pool in early May. It's hot as hell outside. You think the pool looks great and you jump in and it knocks the air out of you. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. I can do that. You know? And so you go down and it's like, okay, when do you want me to do that today? Do you have available? T-? Like that doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, can you leave work now? Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah. No, no problem at all. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for calling. And you know, you go another biopsy. Well, that happened, uh, two times. So one of the times I had started treatment November 23rd and the second time that happened was December 8th and I was supposed to have appointments that afternoon and they called me that morning, hey, we're reviewing, we found another area we're concerned about, we want you to come down right now, get a biopsy in before your appointments this afternoon. Sure, no problem, sure, we'll do that. So I had uh, two sets of biopsies here because the second set of biopsies was for the clinical trial. I had a set of biopsies here and a set of biopsies here. Okay. And these two warranted two extra phone calls of like, ah, chicken little, the sky's falling. Got it. So what it turned out is, you know, this is the cancer that we know. Yep. Um, this is what they had checked out, had been an area of concern. Um, it was uh, a fibro, I can't remember what it was. It was a, a fibroadenoma okay. was over here. And then when they did the additional biopsies, it, it was a fibroepithelial lesion. Well, a fibroepithelial lesion can turn into cancer. So it's like, all right, you're gone. Yeah. And then this area, which is one they called about on December 8th, like, hey, we found another area. This area is an acronym called POSH, P-A-S-H. And basically, it's not cancer. It's not ever going to be cancer. You know, you're just growing things. Yeah, you. And um, so when I went to the breast surgeon, the breast surgeon was like, hey, a mastectomy uh, you know if you are adamant about the mastectomy we'll do it mm-hmm. um however that being said let me go through all the numbers let's talk about the numbers let's talk about the percentages let's talk about the data and so she was very very informative like it wasn't just like it was very much giving me wow. a lot of information in a very educational way not talking over my head mm-hmm. being very inclusive making sure i was up to speed with where we were at in the conversation um, and then also saying like, if you're adamant about this, I will do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel better about this path, but you know, we, we can discuss that, you know, I was like, you know, I go with you, you know, if that's the best path, if, if the, if the, if there's only a slight increase, but it happens on this path, mm-hmm. I want to go with that path. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, well, um, definitely we need to get rid of the fibroepithelial lesion. Um, the posh is no big deal. I was thinking we would just leave it. And obviously we need to remove the cancer. And I said, well, so long as my body's growing things that it doesn't need, can we just? Right, yeah. And she's like, absolutely. Sure. So June 10th was the triple lumpectomy. Okay. 
And um, because she knew I was getting the breast reduction, she's like, I'm going to go ahead and take more tissue than I would even normally take. Okay, great. Sounds good to me. And so um, the triple lumpectomy happens. They take, I think, four lymph nodes here just because they inject the dye in your nipple and then see where the dye feeds. And then that first tier of lymph nodes are what they take. Okay. Because if the cancer were to spread, yeah. it would go this way. Now, along the way, early on, they have all these tests that they do to check the lymph nodes mm -hmm. and uh, scans and things like that. And there was no indication that I had lymph node involvement. So we didn't anticipate there being lymph node involvement, okay. um, which is great. And um, so anyway, so they took out like four lymph nodes here. And so we, um, the great thing is that I had a complete response to chemo and they got clear margins on the surgery. So the great. best of the best of the best is what happened. Wow. No lymph node involvement, everything was great. The fibroepithelial lesion, all that was gone. The posh, interestingly enough, because she took more than she normally would take, mm -hmm. the posh was fine. What she happened to pick up was something that didn't get picked up on the mammogram and it was stage zero DCIS. So DCIS, Which is what? DCIS, I don't remember what it actually stands for. DCIS, and if you're listening and you have DCIS, I am not saying this to you yes. at all. I am not saying this. Okay. Um, DCIS is the cancer that is the one that makes everybody go, oh, they've done, like, they've, right. this is, do you know what I mean? Yes. DCIS is like the one you want to have. If you so go to have speak. it, this is the one. Yeah. Not it, to belittle anyone correct. that Correct. Like, it. Yeah. I'm saying, I have a very different feeling about that. And the reason I have a different feeling about that is that when I found out I had DCIS in my right breast, um, so my surgeon calls me, uh, she's on vacation, she's so wonderful, and she's like, I'm going to call you with the results. Okay, great. So my surgeon calls me, super excited, and um, she's like, Jenny, da-da-da-da-da, complete response, clear margins, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. The right breast gave us a little surprise, and we found DCS, but clear margins, that's gone. And so... I'm sorry, I rewind. <laughs> I was like... I'm sorry what yeah and so I'm again like what it, what I relate it to is when my kids were little and they would fall and scrape their knee or something like that and they would fall I would be like yay and I would run over to them like celebrating yes. like they did something good and you distracted them right oh like this is great cry. I'm not supposed to cry and so you would see them when they were really hurt you would see this like <laughs> like they're trying to mirror your emotion You're very good in analogies by <laughs> yeah. the way just say it yeah. thanks so I'm very visual, so like yeah. I try to, so they're mirroring your emotion while experiencing this, this pain and they're having their own independent emotion related to it. And so it's this like morphing, like you see their face all over their charts. And so like I'm mirroring her emotion cause I'm like, okay, I'm, you're clearly knowledgeable yeah. and I'm supposed to be excited right now. And up to this point, everything was so surreal. Like, it still is so surreal. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, like, I'm having this conversation about me having cancer. Like, I still feel like I'm lying. Like, I still, it's still, by and large, just feels really surreal. For so, me, though, the takeaway is they were going to leave this in there. And had they have left that in there, you would have... I mean, it wouldn't have been a recurrence, but you would have had more cancer down the road when that yeah. finally turned into something. Yeah, so DCIS could possibly be... Um, DCIS could possibly be nothing. Yeah. You know, like it could turn into nothing. It could, yeah. it could, it doesn't, not all DCIS turns into full-blown cancer. DCIS is considered cancer. Um, 
there's still a lot of science. We're still learning a lot about it. The people who are not advocates for early detection, um, it, it is some. It is that one in my understanding that they get really up in arms about. My thing is, is that if you're gonna take a chance, make it your body. Yeah. You yeah. know, are we rolling the dice on that? Like they, they look at numbers and say X amount of percentage, yeah. it didn't turn into blah, 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 or, or we overreacted to this or whatever. And it's like, well, how do you know other than time? So you've in under a year gone from totally no issue with a mul multiple mammogram to having cancer mm -hmm. in, in one breast to then finding additional cancer in an area that they were going to leave. Correct. Doing a clinical trial, getting the lumpectomies, you are now cancer-free completely. Correct. I had the in breast reduction. Year. Yeah, I had the breast reduction in the end of June, and then I started radiation the end of July, mm -hmm. and I did six weeks of radiation, so I did 20, so then the, the my treatment plan changed from radiation to this side, mm -hmm. on this side only, to radiation across both sure. sides. And so then I had 25 sessions across both sides and you go every weekday. So I had 25 sessions across both sides and then I had five targeted sessions on where the cancer was here on this side. And so how long have you been cancer free? Well, technically you're cancer free after surgery, okay. as I understand right. it. Right, because they got it out. Yeah, so okay. technically you're cancer free after surgery and a lot of times what people don't understand is the significance of the trifecta. It's like, well, if you're cancer-free, why do radiation? Well, so it's like a filtering process, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, the chemo is designated to, like, shrink it. Mm -hmm. Some people get surgery first, like, and that's why it's like, yeah. it doesn't make anybody wrong. It's your specific case. Yeah, everybody's so, different. Yeah, everybody's different. And so the chemo shrinks it and does it all it can to kill as many of those cells. The surgery removes it. Mm -hmm. And then what happens with chemo is chemo only kills it in a certain phase mm -hmm. of the cell, in a certain stage uh, of the cell. Okay. You know gotcha. what I mean? So if we're talking about, you know, from zero to 10, mm -hmm. maybe chemo only kills the cell in stages four to seven, maybe. You know, so I don't- So if it's in another stage, it hasn't been impacted by the chemo, so that's when the radiation comes Correct. Out. Okay. Exactly. So it. that's the thing. And that's why you do chemo over a period of time as well, because you want all of those you want all of that picked up and so surgery removes it and then what radiation does is it comes behind on this clean sweep and all these kind of microscopic things and that's why yeah. like with Jody's case yeah you know Jody said it's yeah. just outside of the radiation it's yeah. just outside of the radiation it's just outside of the radiation yeah and I heard her story and I, I got chills again like the other day I was when I was looking at her story and I was like I don't it, it was a lot for me I have it was a lot for five friends going through this right now none of which I knew when we planned this event right they yeah. all kind of came out of the woodwork yeah two so one has shared Laura who's a, a good friend of ours shared the one in the paddock yeah yeah I met Jody didn't know her before met you didn't know you before and the others are not ready to share and that's fine yeah 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 but for those of you that are willing to come forward and share not just your your journey and, and your thoughts and your experience and your process because they're all very different yeah I, I just I have to thank you again because yes. so many women reach out after seeing these and go oh my god I I'm going through this yes. and and I felt so alone and so thank you for sharing this so from them yes. to you and, and to the Jodies and, and the Laura's too we, yeah. we just it's thank it's a you. lot to share this so and the what thing, would you say to someone hesitant to get an ultrasound or, or putting it off because they've got little kids or they're busy or they're whatever yeah I mean I think the thing about it is is that you know, you have to ask yourself why. Yeah. You know, why, why are you doing that? 
And ultimately, there's not a good enough reason. And, you know, fear puts us in that position. I, I think the only reason in my mind, and, and, you know, we can't dictate the value of someone's reason. No, so, totally. Um, we can't do that. You know, Jody brought up not having insurance. I mean, that's that's a handicap. You know, like that's, I, and I'm, I'm with Jody. If I didn't have insurance, I wouldn't have gotten tested. Well, before my whole thing, I had three scares. Yeah. And I couldn't move forward with anything because I didn't have insurance. So I yeah. waited till I had insurance. So, yeah. I mean, I get that. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I, I don't know what the solution is out there. I do know that there are more affordable insurance companies that are coming about. I actually have a friend that started an insurance company for, um, for people who are more impoverished mm -hmm. and it's starting up in the mountains where there's a huge amount of poverty. That's so awesome. it's not anything in our region uh, that they can exercise. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. But he yeah. is from this area. So yeah. that's his objective is bring it down the mountain effectively. And, and so, you know, we've come a long way, the affordable care act, you know, yes. we, we've come a long way. Um, but, but just go get it done. Yeah. You know, because yeah. the alternative, you know, the worst thing that happens is it's a kink in your daily schedule. And I mean, the best thing that happens, it's a kink in your daily schedule and it was nothing and you know it was nothing. And you, you know, yeah, you, and we all know what the worst thing is. Right. And the worst thing is, well, the worst thing is, it's actually not going. Well, you know, that genuinely is the worst thing because you're underestimating the impact psychologically and emotionally that this is the toll this is having on you. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, denial gets us a long way. But uh, in my case, had I waited, uh, it could have cost me my life. Yeah. Well, that's, that's Quite literally. Yeah. Well, the other thing I would say is that this experience is so different for so many people. Oh, yeah. You could have the most mild diagnosis mm -hmm. and have the most adverse reaction to your treatment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, and I think the other thing too is as women, there's that competitive piece and we got to stop that nonsense. Yeah. You know, that competitive mom piece, that yeah. competitive, like we got to stop that nonsense. We got to be each other's cheerleaders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't care if your diagnosis was the equivalent of somebody else's hangnail yeah. and you had, you know, that's not what it's about. That, that's not, not what it's about. And my thing is, is what my DCIS taught me is everything was so surreal. When I got the call about the DCIS, it wasn't surreal. Mm -hmm. It was very real. Yeah. Oh, I sure. very much understood and it was hard. Yeah. You know, the DCIS piece was hard on me because now I got the call that I have cancer and I get it. Yeah. For sure. You know, and so it helped frame it for me that if I didn't have this other cancer, mm -hmm. I would now be getting a call that I had cancer. You know, my thing is, is that we need to be hugely empathetic with yeah. one another. I don't give a rip you know, I don't, your tough day is your tough day and quantifying it. And so many times, the other thing is if you're a friend to a cancer person, still be that friend that needs something, yeah. you know, still be that friend that has a tough day and calls you. And you know, yeah, you're going to be like, I'm crying to you over this and you're going through all your stuff. Hey, guess what? My cancer doesn't make your bad day any better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It it's doesn't minimize your bad day. Yeah. 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 So, you know, just, Still be you and reach out and post videos and, and to, live your life. Yeah, and, and live your life, you know. And um, I have this whole thing, this like mantra I took from when my niece died, and that's what this is. And, you know, okay. it's love big, laugh hard, make memories, live generously. I love that. And that's like, I love that. That's yeah. like my life mantra after I lost my niece. Like, I needed something to come from that. That's a good one. And then when this came along, it was like, okay, love big, laugh hard, make memories, live generously. And, you mm -hmm. know, that's what, 
you know, we all do, you know, yeah, like, let's just sure. keep doing that. And I think that's a good mantra for life and to share and yeah. for all of us to kind of, and the other thing, to. the other thing too, with social media is that if you can post those videos and share of yourself, right. it makes the conversations easier. Sure. So when people see you, you're not having to have those conversations over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. You're having them on your terms yeah. and your time and your home space yeah. and people have access to you. And then when they see you, all it is is support. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's just support. Yeah. And so I would strongly encourage a video thing and just occasionally getting on there and being like, hey, here's had, the update. <laughs> yeah, I had chemo yesterday and this is what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I would really encourage that. It, it's going to be more helpful to you than you would think. Yeah. And like I said, it makes those conversations when you see people out and about. Mm -hmm. You're not having to do this update 50 million times. Sure. It's just like, hey, you know, and then it's a more intimate conversation and it's, you know. More what it should be. And it makes you more approachable too because yeah. it scares people. Your diagnosis scares well, them. It, well, and they don't, and a lot of times too, it's the handicap of not knowing what to say and I don't yeah. want to say the wrong thing, but I want yeah. to be supportive. So it's yeah. all of that. You give them permission to talk about it, yeah. you know, yeah. and so and also awesome. in your video, you can say, I love you guys. I don't want to talk about it. When yeah. you come up to me, please just act like nothing's happening. Yeah. And you can set the boundary there. They'll honor Perfect. it. Perfect. Yeah. That, and, and they want you to let them know. Yeah. yeah. Like they just want to do what you want them to do. Yeah. And that video, they get to have access to you. It helps calm them down. And right. you get to be like, hey, I love you. I'm not answering Yeah, we're your not text. talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jenny, thank, thank you, you guys so Jenny, much. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Awesome.